Robbie, are you microwaving a hot pocket? <laughs> <laughs>
he's a huge YouTuber. He's one of the biggest Star Wars YouTubers out there, but I haven't followed him a whole lot prior to this. So I'm not real sure where the lore, if they kind of took things. I know there's been some concepts in some of the comic books that have kind of had some similar things going on with Vader where you've got Palpatine like right after Return of the Jedi and the years right after Jedi where Vader is still this really troubled. You mean Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, right. I'm sorry. Right after Revenge of the Sith, when when Anakin or Vader, there's still this kind of internal war going on. Right. Within, you know, with him where he's he he hasn't quite killed the past. Right. Where he's still really, really troubled by all the things that happened. And the Emperor just keeps prodding, just keeps poking. Um, in one of the comic books, he gave um, he gave Anakin Padme's Naboo uh, ship, the silver ship that mm-hmm. we see in the Phantom Menace. He gives yes. he gives Anakin that as a gift. That's hmm. terrible. Interesting. Um, so so we have in the comics kind of seen some things that are similar where we've kind of seen the Emperor just kind of toying with him to keep him right. keep him off balance. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, they, I thought they did a, a really spectacular job with it. Yeah, they did. And, uh, you know, for, for what it was, I mean, there, there's some things with some of the effects where you kind of go, okay, definitely a fan film. You know, it's definitely. Right. But, you know, considering what it is, man, it's awesome. I mean, they went as far as to hire a composer, to mm-hmm. do the music, yep. which is actually what led to the drama, the drama that unfolded around it about a week after it released. Right. Um, because he, he did everything right. He sat down with Lucasfilm or with their, I believe they have somebody that's basically fan, re- fan liaison. Yeah. yeah fan liaison or fan relations. Mm-hmm. And they told him everything, you know, what you can do and what you can't do. And, Lo and behold, about a week after it launched, he he gets an email that I don't even know, and I'm not going to throw the blame on one company in particular because there's so many little branches of Disney. And then you had uh, Warner Chapel Music and all those, but there were three or four company names listed on the YouTube video where they had claimed the video and monetized it. Right. That was that was dirty, but it it's one of those things that's like you have all these little elements within Disney and they're mm-hmm. all competing with each other. Right. I mean, I know there's been some some headbutting back and forth between Lucasfilm and Disney for a while. I don't know which one of the companies actually made the claim to the video, threatened to kill his channel if he fought it. And fortunately, after a huge fan outcry, Lucasfilm did the smartest thing <laughs> they've that, done lately. That they, that they could have done, and they yeah. stepped in and demanded that whichever company it was released their claim on the video. I mean, and considering he had done, you know, if he had just kind of been like, oh, well, I hear this is the thing to do. and But since he followed all the stipulations that they gave him, I think it was, it was, it was definitely, you know, it was stand-up of them to kind of come in and, and be like, no, no, this is what we said. You know, this, right. is, this is what we're going with. Everything, that, that made a lot of people feel a lot better about things with Lucasfilm and Star Wars theories planning to yeah. go ahead. They're going to do a second episode. Nice. That's a really good thing. Cause it's, it's rare. You get a chance to praise a company for doing PR the right way <laughs> in right. a situation like that. And they, I mean, they really did kind of nail it by just ending it quickly. Cause it could have become such, such a bigger such thing, such a thing. And even though the actual creator was just kind of like, you know, whatever, I'm just going to, you know, we're going to move on and it's just, we're just going to keep going and, and whatever they can do, whatever they want. It wasn't going over well with people at large. You know, it was just, it, it, right. it, it was like, it was just on the precipice of just being a huge PR nightmare. And the last thing, you know, I mean, the last thing that anybody needs is to alienate large contingents of their fan base. So, but no, they did a great job with it. The storytelling in that is some of the best Star Wars storytelling lately. Yeah. Well, it was, it was unexpected. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like you sat down and you watched the first 30 seconds and you're like, okay, well, I know exactly how this is going to go. Even though it was a short, you know, it didn't follow just exactly the same beats that you necessarily expected it to follow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as I was watching it, I was just sort of like, you know, cause you go into it expecting it to be one thing. Like, oh, it's a, it's a Vader fan film. Uh, and that's, it's, it's totally not quite what it is, really. Like, you just think, oh, it's going to be 
some Vader stuff, cool. But right. it's it, it really has a, I don't know, I mean, it's just really well done. I yeah. can't say enough about how well done it was. Just mm-hmm. the, the fan film community has really, really changed in the past 10 years. It really has. Unfortunately, they don't have the big fan film contest that yeah. they used to have. They've changed the rules a bunch of times. And now I think... <clears throat> your video can only be like three minutes long and right so they don't they don't do the big fan film thing that lucasfilm used to do which is a shame right. in fact when that started out lucasfilm was actually doing their fan film thing it wasn't just fan films what they were doing was specifically was lightsaber duel videos all right but yeah you know that everything was great about that fan film but jumping down talking about you know praising a, a company for their their pr we're going to jump down the list to a company that has struggled with that a little bit. EA Gaming has canceled the open world Star Wars game that they've been creating for a couple of years now. Yeah, I, I saw that. <laughs> like, why? It's EA. It's a company with a terrible reputation for a lot of things, including the way they treat their employees. Right. Uh, They're super dysfunctional as a company in general, but honestly, I'm... I hope a open world Star Wars game comes out. I hope it's not EA that does it because of the whole microtransaction thing. Exactly. Just feels it feels dirty. It <laughs> does. And Battlefront is a mess. Um, I is. wanted it to be good. I play it. I you know I play it sometimes. I mostly play the story, which is unusual for me on a on a shooter with a first on a game part, with, with a first person <laughs> multiplayer. Yeah, um, right. I, I'm all about the multiplayer, but the multiplayer on that game is just heavily flawed when i got Mm -hmm. two new two other new shooters this year that are just better and there's no reason for something else to be that much better than star wars anything you would hope not but this is exactly what people worried about when disney decided to work with ea right ea has ea has made some good games but they have a long reputation for doing things like pulling plugs on projects Mm-hmm. Just out of the blue. And this was a big project that people have been very excited about yeah, uh, for a long time. So hopefully Disney will find a new company to work with on some of this stuff because we really need an open world Star Wars game. Yeah, I, I, mean, I really would love them, love to see them start, start kind of bidding these projects out and letting other companies get their hands into that. I mean, obviously they can still maintain creative direction, but that's the kind of the way they used to do it. And I mean, how many great Star Wars games did we have growing up? Yeah. More than I can count. There, I mean, it's there were a lot. More um, than I could have ever played. Yeah. Uh, who made Force Unleashed? You know, I can't remember who made the Force Unleashed. Robbie, oh. do you know? Uh, no, I'd have to look it up. I mean, I know it was probably it was still when Lucas Arts owned everything, but I don't know who if there was somebody under Lucas Arts. Um. So it used to be everything was pretty much, I feel like it was released under LucasArts, but... Yeah, sure. it was published by LucasArts. <laughs> Looks like there were a couple of other small studios that partnered with them on it, but it was a LucasArts project. Right. But I mean, even as far as back as like the old, you know, games that came on the floppy disks mm-hmm. all the way up to N64 and then after, you know, a few generations of Xbox, they were great. And then suddenly EA gets it. And we get what two Star Wars games in nine years, something yeah, like that, something and like they're that, yeah. and they're not even that good. Right. I mean, they're pretty. Yeah, so the first the first Battlefront was better than the second uh, as right. far as multiplayer gameplay, right? And even then, it felt a little clunky. Now, the story in in the second one is absolutely fantastic, and they did a smart thing and wrote a canon story for it. See, I'll, I didn't know that. I'll have to play the storyline because I got that game when I you know, finally got a new Xbox. And I was, I was yeah. so excited and I was so disappointed with Definitely uh, play it because the story is great. Nice. That's good to know. The, the multiplayer was almost unplayable, not in the sense that it wasn't like a complete multiplayer experience, but like the hitboxes were bad. Mm-hmm. It just felt kind of felt kind of rough. Yeah. Or you could always pull a me and get on YouTube and just watch all the cutscenes. <laughs> That's my classic. Hey, movie. there you go. Yeah, no, video games aren't my thing. When we were dating, Andrew, like, bribed me. He told me he would learn to dance if I would learn to play video games. And <laughs> I played one game of Halo and, like, pointed at the ground and spun around and then pointed in the air and spun around. And he never asked me to play video games <laughs> with him again after that. 
So, Robbie, did you get a chance to watch the trailer for the second half of Star Wars Resistance? I did, and if I wasn't already making us run almost late to get started, I would have watched it three more times. It was <laughs> it was awesome. It was, it was so, so good. good. Like, that trailer... Okay, and I, I enjoyed Resistance. I've enjoyed it so far. But that trailer was better the, than the entire first half of the season. <laughs> it I, just uh, was. Sorry, I, w- I was amazed by it. I just, I don't know, everything, fr- like the sound, the mm-hmm. just pulling you into the story. Like, I just watched a whole movie of that, but um, it was it was really good. Yeah, I was really pumped. Was. And I still haven't caught the first half of the season, though. Like, I, I don't even remember actually what it's on. I wrote that in my notes that I don't, the trailer's amazing. I actually wrote twice that I love the animation style. And then what is this? What channel is this on? It's on Disney. Yeah, it's, a, it's no, 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 it's just not Disney. XD. It's Disney Channel. Yeah. Ah, interesting. We don't watch it on that. We we just bought the season on Amazon on, on Amazon, and we just yeah. watch it that way. That, that's what I'm going to have to do. I actually got a Roku so I could watch things like that. And on night one, my dog ate the remote. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, and then I remembered that I can sign in on Xbox and watch that kind of stuff. So I just did that. That's hilarious. But yeah, I'll have to uh, I'll have to buy that. So are you getting a new remote? <laughs> um, I haven't decided. <laughs> um, I was really surprised. I mean, he's eating some weird stuff, but it's 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 rare that he goes for the plastics like that. So. Oh goodness! But yeah, it's it's worth watching. We've really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's really good. But I had I had just my well my one gripe going into the first when the seat when the first season started. My one gripe was that the trailer just, it was, it it had, you know, I liked Mm -hmm. some of the stuff in it, but it didn't just grab you like a lot of the trailers we were used to from Star Wars animation. Like the trailer that came out for um, Clone Wars Wars about the same time. It was like, well, you shouldn't have done that (laughs) because now everybody's way more stoked about the one with the cool trailer. I mean, although people are going to be more stoked about Clone Wars anyway. But well, still. that that new trailer, like, because I had just by the, that was my first, my one gripe about the trailer going in was mm-hmm. that, that it just didn't grab me. And the first half of the season is, is good. I mean, it, it's not, it's not Star Wars Rebels. It's not Clone Wars, but it's, it's been enjoyable. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. And... Man, I saw that trailer and I was just like, I mean, it's like this show grew up real fast. We didn't see a whole lot of that growing up in the next episode. We didn't. And they did that and they built this huge wave of momentum with that trailer. And then the first episode of the second half of the season was basically a filler episode. Hmm. Why would you do (laughs) this? Like it's a flashback episode from all the six episodes. (laughs) Yeah, at least they didn't do that. But they, I mean, it was just like nothing is important to the primary story happened because you kind of get an adventure every week, but sometimes there's pieces of this bigger story going on with what is the first order up to. We pretty much just saw the antics. Very similar to your dog that ate your remote. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what we saw. Somebody acquired a pet that was eating all the things. But yeah, I'm super excited. And we we definitely need to find a way for you to watch it. Because uh, it's worth catching up on. And it looks like it's going to just get better. And about the same time that trailer dropped, we got a notice that it had been picked up for a season two. Yes. So that's exciting. It's always, it's easier to kind of get hyped about things if you're not like, it's going to get canceled at the end of season one. You know, it's (laughs) like, who wants to be super, you know, like you can only take so many heartbreaks of Firefly proportions before you're just like, I'm not watching the first season of anything ever again. Right. Honestly, I was surprised they announced it that quickly. They announced it before the second half of the season started, which that's unusual for any show. And I kind of thought they would hold on to the renewal, you know, for celebration. But there had been a lot of speculation that it wasn't doing well. And I guess they wanted to Mm -hmm. kind of put those rumors to bed. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where it goes. And more importantly, the kids are excited about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to actually just buying it 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll probably wait. I'll probably wait until the season's totally done and then buy it and binge watch it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I'm I'm pretty excited to be able to do that because it looks really good. All right, so we've got a little bit of Episode 9 news we can talk about. Not a lot. It's been a very, very quiet month. And I kind of suspect it may stay that way until Celebration, unless they decide to drop a trailer. Would you watch the Super Bowl to see a Star Wars trailer, even though the Saints got totally swindled? <laughs> I'm, uh, not, I can't talk about that anymore today. I'm uh, <laughs> bitter about that at all. It's rough. Yep. It's very rough. I'm probably just rooting for like an early bedtime that night, get a good start <laughs> on the week. And yeah. uh, I'm really, and it also it's in the city I'm in, which should be exciting. But I'm really just more like, well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am not interested in this Super Bowl at all. Yeah. No, like we were threatening to drive to your house and just stay there. You, we didn't tell you this, but we were threatening <laughs> among ourselves whenever we thought yeah. the Saints were going to go. But alas, yeah, you know what? It- you would have been a few of many. I, I had uh, people already asking, and I was like, "Yeah, let's just crowd them in. We'll yeah. throw a party." I was all excited. I, I was actually after the disappointment of the loss. I was bummed out that like nobody was going to be coming to visit. It's like, oh no, no. Okay, our friends don't really love us. They just wanted yeah. the atmosphere. <laughs> so, in episode nine news, we had some uh, right about the ter- the beginning of the year last week, I guess, or maybe two weeks ago. Now we had. A statement from Todd Fisher, which is uh, Carrie Fisher's brother, who has been one of the ones that has really kind of been the connection mm-hmm. between Lucasfilm and Carrie Fisher's estate, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, he was the one that, that was like, yes, we want Leia. We in, want to see her. Yes. You know, we want her to be in episode nine. So he gave a statement the other day where he talked about it and he talked about how thrilled he was with the way that J.J. Abrams is handling Carrie Fisher in this movie. And that not only is she in it, because a lot of people speculated, well, we'll just see little, you know, a clip or two of her and that's going to be it. And he seemed to indicate that she has a significant amount of screen time in the movie. I mean, geez, kudos to anybody who can make that happen. That is just... I can't even imagine logistical challenges that go would go into not only creating a compelling story to tie up this giant compelling story, and then you have to center it around previously shot footage. That's off to them. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. That I mean, that about sums it up. I to be able to to do that in a way that works with the movie and is tasteful and agreeable with, you know, those close to Carrie Fisher and, you know, uh, hopefully fans, then that is a, that is an undertaking. That is huge. So if somebody makes that happen, then more power to them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that was always the, the fear was like, how do you make sense of this without her? You already killed off Han. You already killed off Luke. Right. It's like of your three, She's right. all that's left, and then she died. Robbie, are you microwaving a hot pocket? <laughs> so uh, I I got a, a printer. Apparently, Dahlia's printing stuff to the printer. Um, it's So we set up the office upstairs and uh, downstairs on the couch, and I guess she's printing off some stuff for work. So it's, That's hilarious. It's coming through. I was sorry. I was trying not to laugh. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's... That's a bad timing. That's why I just kept hearing like, beep. I was like, what is it? Then it did it again. <laughs> it was like, okay. And I'm listening. I'm like, is it here? It's not here. It's got to be on his end. <laughs> that's uh, that's B2B2? Yes. Oh, that's right. I forgot about yep. B2B2. That's the noise he makes. Oh, now we know. We wondered. Yeah. He sounds like a Canon printer. <laughs> <laughs> just like, almost he exactly actually, like. I actually take it. He has a USB port and I just take him to work and I plug him into computers and he actually fixes the computer. So... B2B2s, you know, like instead of sitting on an X-Wing and doing that, they just sit on a computer and sort of spin around and fix it. Perfect. Then you get credit for all the computer work that B2B2 does. You get paid and all you have to do is watch the droid do things. Yeah. In the future, all information technology professionals will have a B2B2 droid. You should make this a thing, Robbie. (laughs) You should, you should find some, y'all have, you have access to a 3D printer, don't you? You should make your little B2B2. A B2B2. Just be like, yeah, this is my thing. You could could just be that guy. Glue him to the server cabinet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, the next item we have, we we had already mentioned this 
a little bit, but uh, or briefly, but a rumor floating around over the weekend indicated that a trailer for episode nine has been cut. Supposedly, it's out there, it's ready, but it's of out course, there, there were gonna two... get a poster like, yeah, you know, like Mulder has right. got. <laughs> But there were there are two opposing rumors floating around the, going into this week, and one is that that trailer could drop any day now. But we do know that Lucasfilm has not been; they don't release these as surprises. No, not that first one. Like there's going to be. It's been will, like the sneak peek for the trailer, for right. the sneak peek for the real trailer. It's yeah, it's, gotten a little ludicrous, but yeah. Right. No, you're going to get some sort of announcement of when it's coming. And I'm still hoping that they'll drop it during the Super Bowl. But the other rumor floating around is that they are saving it for April for Hmm. Star Wars Celebration. Interesting. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, you know, it's one of those things where Disney has to figure out how to. They've got all these moving pieces and have to figure out how to handle it. I mean, on one hand, I hope for the sake of the people that are going to Celebration. Like, when we went last time i think that there was kind of an expectation that there was going to be more exclusive something that there was going to be you know like because i think they build up these things at at comic con all of these announcements they make all of and so i think people kind of start now kind of feel entitled to that if they're going to drop the ludicrous amount of dough you know to go to celebration that they're kind of entitled to something special but i mean there really wasn't there weren't any announcements. There was no, but you're like the announcement is not the only thing you're there for. I mean, no, 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 no. You know the people that sat in the room with George Lucas and Harrison Ford as they pulled back a curtain to reveal a symphony orchestra with John Williams leading it. Of course, obviously there are other reasons to go, but I think that there was disappointment last time that there wasn't something more along the lines of a trailer. You know, I well, mean, we they did they, get a trailer, right? No poster. I, well, they showed us the trailer. Was that trailer not new? Had that trailer already been out? I think that trailer had already been out. Okay. I could be wrong. It's been a while, and I had three children. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long week, but I think we already had a trailer. Okay. I'm curious to see what they'll do, and I'm really at this point, since they haven't, there hasn't been any kind of indication that it's coming during the Super Bowl. We're about a week and a half away. Yeah, I think they probably would be rumblings if if it were coming out then. Right, but we did get a little bit of rumblings when we got the rumors that that the trailer's cut, which may or may not be true. Because the other side of that is that we also got some story that they're going back this week to the Cardington Sheds in England to continue filming. I thought that principal photography had wrapped. Principal photography, they're expecting to wrap either the end of January or the beginning of February. Okay. Which was roughly the goal all along, but they are, they've continued to order reshoots as they've gone and as they've developed the story. So what do you think, Robbie? When do you think they'll drop that trailer before? I mean, if they don't drop it at the Super Bowl, then I don't think they'll drop it till celebration. celebration. No, I I think think I don't think they'll drop a full trailer at the Super Bowl. I think, if anything, during Super Bowl, they might do like a little teaser. Yeah. Uh, like that first I, Force Awakens. Right. I, mean, I could definitely see them doing something like that because it's the biggest, you know, one of the biggest nights of the mm-hmm. year. If you throw out a little teaser, then oh, you're, yeah. you're actually going to be the biggest thing talked about that night unless something crazy happens yes. in the Super Bowl, like a really bad pass interference call gets missed <laughs> or something. something. Just um, pulling something out of a hat there. For the, the cross-section of Star Wars and Saints fans there. Um, it's just us. Um, <laughs> no. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I think, I think if anything, they do a teaser in the Super Bowl, and then they drop it in April. I think as far as them stepping on the toes of their other films, it, that's probably the most Disney thing they could do, to be honest. <laughs> like, not knocking them, but they, right. they do stuff like that all the time. They do, so yes. I don't think they have any regard for what, you know what the hand's doing or, you know, it's right. Well, it's, it's, again, it's one of those things where I don't know when it comes to releasing trailers and things like that. Like, I don't know how much of that is Disney and how much of it's Lucasfilm. 
Yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think that's my favorite scenario, though, Robbie. That yeah. we get a teaser during the Super Bowl. Oh, you yeah. Know, 30 like seconds. Fif- probably not even that. Probably like a 15 second teaser. Yep. And then yeah, we get a full trailer. Now, they could drop a 15 second teaser on us and do the title reveal because we still don't have a title. Oh, that's true. See, that's. I'm expecting, if anything, something to create a buzz uh, yes. that yeah. night. And then, and then the actual trailer later, because then you get, you know, the most bang for your buck, mm-hmm, your right. huge exposure, huge excitement. You get people excited for the two months until they actually do get the trailer. I, yes. that, that's what I would do. Maybe you should go work for Lucasfilm, Robbie. Yeah. Uh, you you know, could be their a, brains. A marketing genius. That's how we got so big. <laughs> yes. As a right. Exactly. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the theory with the website. We're like, look, if we don't put any content on there, <laughs> people are going to... They're going to be like, super expectant. We're like one of those celebrity Instagram accounts that doesn't have any pictures and isn't following anybody. That's right. us. But they've got <laughs> three million at, followers. Yeah. As a blog. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, what is it they say? My person that I am in my mind sits down and spends an hour a day, you know, just writing, you know, thoughtful things about just life in general. And some of them will be sci-fi related and will go on the internet, but. Alas, real me fights with children all day, and then when they go to sleep, watches the Orville, <laughs> it crashes. <laughs> that's pretty much my life right now. <laughs> right. Like, I discovered Stardew Valley, and that's all I do now is play Stardew Valley. So We'll get a trailer eventually, I guess. I don't see it any later than April, but uh, we did have another rumor. We actually had a little bit of a story rumor, which we haven't gotten, or at least a story point, which is something we haven't gotten in a while. There's some indication that the events of Episode Nine will pick up roughly one year after the end of The Last Jedi. I'd like to see that. And I think it kind of fits with the direction, you know, I mean, that's pretty, that's similar to the gap we got between Empire and Jedi, right? And then... Roughly, yeah. And then, of course, we got a much... Well, that's about the same gap, too, that we got between uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, about a year. Now, even with a one-year jump, this story will still be the shortest as far as the length of the period of time the that it covers. The whole trilogy, yes. Um, because I think their original trilogy covers something like five years. That seems about right. And the... You know, of the course, prequels, yeah, 15 years or yeah, so. Yeah, the, the prequels cover a pretty good bit of ground. So, I mean, what do y'all think about a one-year a one year gap? I mean, because we wondered, you know, with where The Last Jedi ended, like, the rebellion is in shambles. There's, there's, there's very little left. Basically, these people on this shit. Although we know now there were some other things going on where Black Squadron wasn't there. They're gone somewhere. And there are some right. things where we had some indications that there were other people that lay ascent right to to find people to fight right so we wondered if we would pick up and and one of my concerns was if we pick up too quick then we have to rush or use part of this last movie to see the creation of this new rebellion right and just to watch the assembly and yeah that's not really the most interesting thing to to do robbie what do you think about a one-year gap um you know that that works for me i i don't it seems to make the most sense honestly not for any particular reason other than it just kind of it it seems like it works it seems like it works with the story mm-hmm. and the way you i mean i, I can't really guess exactly what's going to happen but sort of the lines you expect it to go across mm-hmm. i think one year works i i would have no issue with that i think less time doesn't make sense and more time just doesn't seem correct like more right. time i'd be like wait <laughs> wait what happened more time i'd be like wait are you gonna do another movie in the middle of these what's happening and, and yes. less time just is maybe it's a you know I, I like the idea of you're not quite coming right back into it there's a year that's gone by and um, some other things may have happened, but not so much that you're like, I missed the whole movie's worth of stuff. Right. It's a good strategy if that's the way they're writing it. Well, and I feel like your characters, they have a chance to kind of settle into these drastic, huge changes that the past two movies have brought them into. Ray has some time to settle into being a Force user. Kylo Ren has time to kind of settle into being the new worst person in the universe. Um, you know, 
Finn and Rose, they have time to settle into whatever their thing is. So that way you don't spend any more time kind of establishing who these people are. You know, they kind of maybe have found their identity a little more because Mm -hmm. I feel like we've spent two movies pretty much for these, this small group of people to kind of make their identity. And so hopefully by, if, if we give them a little bit of time, they can kind of decide who they are and then we can right. take it from there. Right. And really with most of your characters, with uh, Finn, with Poe, with Ray and with Kylo Ren, you know, basically your four big characters at the end of that movie, one of the things they did do well was they basically set all of them on their own trajectory. Yes. At the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Poe as the new leader of the rebellion and, you know, Ray has, has embraced this idea of being this, this Jedi of, of fighting and possibly dying for this cause. Uh, Finn has basically done the same, except he's not right. a force user, but he's, Finn has. He's finally bought in. Well, he's not just bought in, but he's, he's decided that he's willing to die for something bigger than himself. Right. Because the first two movies were mostly him wanting to take the people he cared about and run as far away from this right. stuff as he could. And then, of course, Kylo Ren, you know, has, like we said before, you know, he, he did the thing Vader never did. He struck down his master. Right. And so he, we, you know, we've set him on a new path as well. So, yeah, yeah you know, give him that year for those things to, to marinate and, and see what you end up with. Mm-hmm. Because we're we're past the point, you know, now we need to wrap the story up. It's time to stop using all of the story time for character growth. And right. and we need to see these characters as who they do become and complete this story. Yes. And as far as characters in The Last Jedi, there's a rumor. This is a really out there rumor. I, I don't even know what the possibility of it is. It's popped up several times, but I wanted to see what y'all thought about it. There is some rumor that Darth Vader will make an appearance in some way, shape, or form in this movie. I wanted to see Anakin Skywalker's now, Force Ghost person, last time. The, well, we're, we might not be talking about Anakin's Force Ghost. We might be literally talking about Darth Vader. Hmm. Um, the impression that I got from The Force Awakens, that first movie, when we first see Kylo talking to his grandfather's helmet is the, was that he's cray cray, but I didn't just think that he's crazy. Like I believed that he had been communicating with something or some, someone hmm. like that helmet that Daniel talks about in the, hmm. the Vader story. Right. And so there's been this idea put out there. There's this rumor that's been floating around now was actually floating around well before this guy said anything that what we'll see is a, like a ghost of Vader. Not like a force ghost, but like this idea that when he embraced the light, when he died, that that he became good, but this everything that was evil about him was left behind in this right kind of so evil. in the same way that Darth Vader killed Anakin Skywalker, Anakin Skywalker killed Darth Vader, and right. and that the 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 there's still a residual presence yeah. somewhere. I mean, so. Like I said, that's a pretty out there crazy rumor, but we are talking about tying everything together. We've already had a lot of significant rumors about Palpatine's appearance, and we had a comic book issue that I was hoping Daniel would be here to talk about. I'm not going to go that deep into it because I hadn't read the whole comic book. I read a few pages of it where there we finally got some indication that Palpatine may have, we didn't get like 100% confirmation but we got some indication that Palpatine might have played a role in the creation of Anakin Skywalker. That's interesting. I mean, that... Or at, I mean, least, or, or at the very least, it indicates that he began corrupting him from the womb. Hmm. Well, I mean, that that's kind of been speculated for, for a long ever. Time. Yeah. That, you know, that conversation about, you know, that you could use midichlorians to create life Mm -hmm. that that's where that was supposed to go so that's definitely interesting what would y'all think about in some way vader or at least some evil residual of vader or some evil 
impersonator well, it's of Vader. That, you know, just going with, with Star Wars lore as we have it, with these energies of these Sith Lords being attached to things like their masks. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's got that helmet, you know, is it that he's that that there is an entity still attached? There's something still attached to Vader's helmet. It's it's probably just going to be like it's going to open with a scene in a living room, and like they're just going to be watching a New Hope, and it's going to be kind of in the background, and so you'll see Vader in that, and they'll be like, "Oh, that was it." So it's kind of like a it's a misdirect. <laughs> That's uh, the most likely scenario. The most likely scenario. You know what, though? Actually, I don't like the concept because it seems a little little too Harry Potter for me. And as someone who likes Harry Potter, I don't want you to get... I don't, I don't, want, I don't want that in Star Wars. Yes. We don't want Star Wars to be Harry Potter. Yeah, I don't, I don't like this, like... I don't know. It kind of seems a little bit forced, like you're trying to throw too much into one movie yeah. that doesn't need to be there, like... I don't know. I, I don't like it. Uh, I, I don't particularly like that idea. I do still really want to see Anakin's Force Ghost. What I still really want to see is I want to see Anakin confront Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Yes. I would pay money to see that. I mean, I'm going to pay that. money to see it anyway, but I would specifically <laughs> pay money to see that. And as far as the Vader thing, it's possible that we see it in some sort of vision. Mm-hmm. It's also possible that there's been a lot of rumor that Kylo Ren's going to Mustafar. Ooh. So, who knows? Yeah. Why would... I mean, that makes total and complete sense with who he is. Right. I mean, ob- I mean, obviously he's going to go there. If they don't show it to us in a movie, then we're just going to assume he went there in mm-hmm. the interim. Because I don't see that there's any way that that character, with his obsession, doesn't go there. Yeah, but I'm I'm with you, Robbie. For the movie, I think that's a little much. I'm I'm still down to see Anakin's Force Ghost. I'm still okay with the idea that Palpatine is going to show up in this in some way, shape, or form, even though I still think it's going to show up in some sort of flashback or some sort of vision. Because we know that this whole chain of events mm-hmm. from from beginning to end was set in motion by Palpatine. Right. So for him to appear in some manner right. makes complete sense. Even if it's just a flashback. Right. Because even the first order, he even the first order is his creation. Right. This was his backup plan. So, yeah, I'm, I just wanted to see, like I said, I don't think there, I'm not seeing that there's any weight to those rumors, but I just thought it would be interesting to see what everybody thought about it. So another <laughs> thing that we had talked about previously was... We talked about when they first announced that there was going to be a Disney streaming service. Of course, the speculation is, will they make movies directly for the streaming service? And we hoped And we all, dearly. I think most of us, I don't remember, Robbie, where you came down on that, but I was very much against Star Wars movies. I still believe that Star Wars movies are supposed to be an event. Mm-hmm. It yeah, was very no, much agree. against movies premiering on the streaming service. And Bob Iger came out a couple of weeks ago in an interview and, and said that with the kind of budget that they're putting behind Star Wars movies, that they have no intention of premiering Star Wars movies on a streaming service. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yes. We don't need made for TV Star Wars movies. Like, we're going to have really cool Star Wars TV shows. Let's just stick with that. And one of them should be Obi-Wan. If anyone cares. Yeah, I'm still I'm still on board with the Obi-Wan thing being a, a TV series rather than, yeah. a, than a movie. We also got some indication that the Cassian Andor series uh, may start filming as soon as October, which seems to mean that it would be like an early 2020 release. Yeah, I'm so excited about that. That, yeah. that show's going to be awesome. Yeah, well, one of the things I wanted to ask, and I didn't, it's its not in your list just because it's just a question I wanted to ask. Because of where it fits, we're, we're talking like two to three years before Rogue One, I think is where they're currently saying. Of course, okay. that could still change. Right. Who do you want to see show up? Like, because in this one, like as opposed to The Mandalorian, where it was like, I don't want to see Heroes of the Rebellion show up. I want to see this story. But this story is about the spy network of the rebellion. I want to see Bell Organa. I want to see Mon Mothma. I want to, see, yeah, I want to see them all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You got a chance to bring all those characters back. You've got a chance to to put all these characters on screen. Now, 
Of course, the disappointing one there is you would expect to see Leia in this. And I wanted to go this direction because we had our first fan question on Twitter. The question came from Shannon Smith at Shannon Nick Smith on Twitter. And he wanted to know if a new, if, if in any, during any of these filmings, if they decided to cast a younger teenage Leia, mm-hmm. who, as far as who's out there right now, would you like to see play Leia? I mean, isn't uh, Millie Bobby Brown lobbying for that gig? Yeah, she's been lobbying for that for a while. I mean, who else do you give it to if she's lobbying for it right now? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm completely down with it. The kids from uh, from Stranger Things did Halloween last year as Star Wars characters. And of course, she went as Leia. Episode 4, Leia. Honestly, she's a great actress. Mm-hmm. And she looks the part. She does, yeah. So, yeah, I'd be down with uh, that was who he really wanted to see. The person that asked the question. And I, I agree. I uh, I I think a lot of people would be really disappointed if they cast 15-year-old Leia and it wasn't her right now. I I can't think of anybody else it would be. There's not that many uh, actresses that age that are really big names or anything right Right. now, as far as I know. Um, I mean, that that, that would be it, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a few others that I'm not thinking of, but she seems to be the obvious answer to that question. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's uh, where do we flip that? Like, who who would be the worst, the worst pick, in in any way you want to interpret that? I'll start. I think Danny DeVito would be <laughs> the. It'd just be great. It'd be the best worst pick because you'd be like, that's hilarious. I'm watching this, but also this is bad because right. Danny DeVito's Danny DeVito's not a teenage girl. Right. Would, <laughs> It'd be yeah. like the 300 pound guys with beards that, doing slave lay at comic con. Yeah. That, <laughs> so that, that would be my pick for worst casting, but also best casting. <laughs> right. The tall redheaded guy, uh, the British guy, Oh, whose name I can't remember. He was the albino Trent. in Logan. <laughs> Prince, Prince Harry? No. <laughs> the one, he's, the he's, comedian. I'm I'm blanking on his name now too. He's one of the creators of the the, the original uh, the Office. I can't oh, remember. Stephen uh, Stephen Merchant. Yeah, Stephen yes, Merchant. Stephen Merchant. Uh. That's my pick for the worst the Stephen worst casting Man. of Princess Leia. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, based on those two picks, I can only pick David Spade. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Adam Sandler's the director. Yes. (laughs) Yep. Happy Madison Productions presents. Great. Episode nine. Well, good. I'm glad we could, uh, I'm glad we could get that sorted out. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. That's like the most pressing question in Star Wars right now is would Danny DeVito be an appropriate Princess Leia choice? When Daniel listens to this episode, he's going to be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. All right. Um, I think we may have talked about this, Robbie. Did we talk about IG-88 appearing in The Mandalorian? I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. We definitely talked about it in person because I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Well, Favreau has has com- absolutely confirmed that IG-88 will be in The Mandalorian. And that's, I mean, that's super exciting. That is super exciting. Now I just need Dash Rendar to show up at some point. <laughs> I just need him to make Dash Rendar canon in some way, shape, or form. Are they just like, are they just totally, totally not talking about that? Like not, uh... They're not. I didn't realize how many people really don't like Dash Rendar. Um, that based, because he's kind of a knockoff Han Solo. That was, that was like the whole thing, though, is that he, he kind of was, but it was like they had that sort of rivalry because of it. Right. Well, they were both Karelians and they were... You know, and he had kind of modeled himself in some ways after Han Solo. And this is not a character I know, so I'm I'm learning things. This here. is a character from Shadows of the Empire. Okay. Which was a video game for uh, it was N64. N64. Okay. Right, and it takes place. Well, it takes place between Episode Five and Six, right? Correct. So, and it's basically he has kind of a mission uh, for uh, the rebellion, and he is carrying that out um in his own way kind of in the background so okay. nothing you really see in the movies but it's just kind of one of those stories of stuff that was happening like the gears that were turning to help the rebellion that you didn't right. see in the yeah, movies. It, it dealt directly with uh black sun okay 
Yeah. Um, the the um, underworld cartel. Right, all that. And so, of course, uh, yeah, IG-88, he has to fight IG-88 during that game. And okay. The, you know, IG-88 in the movie was, was really cool, but we never saw IG-88 do anything except stand on the bridge of the executor. Right. And... So in that game, we got to see IG-88. That's cool. when that's when people fell in love with IG-88. Whatever they thought about Dash Rendar, right? That's when people fell in love with uh, that character, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, that's so. I, I can't wait to see what they do with that. You know, just because of the kind of fan Favreau is. And having Dave Filoni on board, I can't wait to see what they do with that character. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, and. I'm just glad to continue to see them pull things that fans love. You know, I mean, obviously they're going to create their own new things. But one thing that I think that they have done so well is to continue pulling characters, pulling things that are really near and dear to fans' hearts. It's like, so even though, yes, a lot of people are still unhappy because their beloved EU got kind of pitched they're continuing to pull things from it that, that people love. And I, I think that right. that's... And Favreau seems to be really good at that. Favreau, in general, seems to really understand because a lot of times people use fan service as a bad word. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Um, fan service is, is fine. It's great. Like, Star Wars wouldn't be Star Wars if you didn't have some level of fan service. But it's a matter of knowing how to do it. The movie can't just be... this. There has to be a story. It can't just be about fan service. Right. And Favreau is creating this whole new story, this whole new character, these these characters that we're totally unfamiliar with, but he's still managing to pull in these things that are super familiar to longtime fans. Right. Which is, you know, that's what, that's the thing that we hoped that Star Wars would do when they started announcing Star Wars things are coming back, you know, back when Disney first made the acquisition. So yeah, I know Robbie's ready for that. And yeah, who knows, maybe Dash Rendar shows up. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, but I am excited. <laughs> I'm excited about IG88 for sure. We'll see. Um, so that's a very cool. Next very time cool we thing. have a hundred grand lying around, you know, we can make our own fan film about Dash Rendar. How about that? <laughs> hey, well, you know, the story ends. I don't know if you remember, Robbie. The story ends where his ship blows up, and we were left like with this thing of did he disappear? Like, did he use that as an opportunity to disappear, or did he die? Right. Mm. Yeah, that's the interesting thing um, about that. We should make one where he uh, he he shows up on Earth and he gets an office job, and nineteen eighty nine. Yes, that's a yeah, that's an interesting point. That's sort of where they left that story, and then they never really picked it back up. Yeah, they kind of left it there and made you wonder if it would ever if they would ever go anywhere with it, and they never did. Uh, the one other thing we kind of had from uh, Bob Iger on that announcement. On Disney, on Disney Plus not making movies was Disney Plus is they're set to unveil Disney Plus to a bunch of uh, executives. I don't know who exactly on April 11th. That just happens to coincide with Star Wars Celebration is the same weekend. Interesting. So it's possible that they may roll out a presentation of Disney Plus at Celebration. I mean, that would be exciting. Yeah. For them. Well, I kind of, you know, it's one of those things like initially I thought they would wait till D23 to roll it That's out. That's true. But D23 is, is in August. Right. Which may be, I mean, they got to start rolling stuff out that's, before yeah, August. Yeah, that's, that's getting up. I mean, I'm sure they will release something at D23, but that's getting awfully close to their release date, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we just know late 2019 is all we really know. But yeah, I mean, we're hoping like August or September for that. Pretty much does it for my notes. But one of the things I'd kind of thought about, wanted to see what y'all thought about it was, you know, when I was a kid and first really fell in love with with Star Wars, I mean, I liked the movies uh, when I was a a little kid. But when I read the Heir to the Empire trilogy from Timothy Zahn is when I really, really fell in love with Star Wars. And then I went back and loved the movies even more. And the experience with the prequels and getting to go, you know, going and standing in the Mm -hmm. infinite line to get those tickets for uh, for episode one, you know, getting to have that experience that people had in 1977 where, you know, in, in 1980, where they lined up for those tickets. Right. 
And of course, you know, that, that was kind of thing not long after that, that experience was lost. Right. Camping you know, out. To the the camping tickets. out for tickets thing. And, right. But when I, you know, even then, even when those movies started coming, even when the prequels started coming out, I never imagined that there would be a year where I would have not only a new Star Wars movie coming out, but a live action TV series, two animated shows running at the same time. You could, you could take your kids to. Countless books, mm-hmm. countless comic books. It's regardless of what you think about the the new, you know, The Last Jedi or The Force Awakens. We really are in the golden age of Star Wars. I just kind of wanted to see what y'all, kind of y'all's thoughts about that. I mean, you know, as a kid, I remember, you know, I, let's see. How old was I when The Force Awakens? I guess I must have been, not The Force Awakens. I guess I must have been 13 when The Phantom Menace came out, you know, and I had like the visual encyclopedia and, you know, me and my costumes and I was like doing the makeup and trying to do the hair and, you know, just reading through my book and obsessing because that's what I did. I obsessed and that was my thing that year with Star Wars. It's cool to me that my kids and my niece, they sit around and they... They read and they, you know, take my giant expensive book of Star Wars costumes down and they flip through it. And Andrew likes to has a stroke every time because he's the one who paid for that stupid expensive book. (laughs) But they're sitting down and they're they're loving the same things that I loved as a kid. And there's there's still ways for them to not just experience the things that I did, you know, see the movies that I saw, but to have that same experience of going and sitting in a theater and seeing a new Star Wars movie. You know, I mean, that's, for me, I think more than anything, that's one of the best things is that I get to do that with my kids now. You know, I used to sit uh, with my dad, you know, I remember sitting with my dad and watching A New Hope. You know, we used to just binge watch Star Wars movies at his house. And I think that's my favorite thing that all of this has come back is that I now get to do that same thing Mm -hmm. with my kids. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the reasons that Star Wars, part of the phenomenon of what Star Wars is, it's, you know, this juggernaut is that it's, it's been this thing that people fell in love with so much so that they, they continue to hand it down to their kids and grandkids. Right. It's the same phenomenon where you, now you see all of the Potterheads that are now in their thirties and all of their kids are now Harry Potter obsessed. You yep. know, it's that same kind of phenomenon. And I think it's, I think it's great. Robbie, do you have any thoughts about it? Yeah, I, I agree with, with all of that. I think it's, it's just one of those things I can remember when they read, they, they re-released in theaters, the uh, yes. original trilogy. And mm-hmm. that was so exciting. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. going to a movie to see something that, you right. know, I was already a big fan of growing up in the house we did. And then, but like, you get the limited edition like toys that came with it and you get yes. the excitement of seeing these movies in the theater and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the new movies are coming out and you get all that excitement. You're right. It died down for a while. So it just kind of that that's rough when you're a big fan of something. And then it's like, well, there's probably not going to be anything new for a while or, yeah, or ever. ever. Um, and so for me, anything I'm a fan of, like when I find out something new is coming out, it goes in the calendar on my phone. I'm excited about it. Like I wait it out and it, it's something to kind of look forward to. And so like, you know, for star Wars fans, you've got a plethora of that right now. Like you, you really do have, I mean, you could probably, I mean, we're doing a whole podcast on it right. of, of release stuff and we really have plenty to talk about. Like there's stuff we don't even talk about that happened in the week. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's amazing how much stuff is happening in the community and, I mean, it's exciting, though. I mean, if you go to any convention, you you see the fan base there and, like, how ridiculously committed they are and, like, how much they love it. And it's not just, like, a small group of people. It is, I feel like, the majority of the people at these conventions sometimes are, yes. are, are really big there for Star Wars primarily. And yeah. and that's exciting. You, I mean, how many other fan bases get that? I mean, that's 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 beautiful. <laughs> that's, yeah. You can't you can't beat it. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah. And and just the constant whatever your thing is, if if you're a movie person, if you're a TV person, if you're a cartoon person, if you're a comic books, you know, written word, whatever right. your favorite medium is, 
there's always, if there's not something like coming out today, there's something that's announced you can look forward to. Absolutely. Well, does anybody have anything else they wanted to add before we wrap up for the night? I'm out of words for the day. Out of words. Out of words. I'm about out of words for the day, too. I spent like two hours arguing with Adeline about writing a paragraph. (laughs) So (laughs) my words are about spent. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Coruscant Radio Underground. Uh, We hope you enjoyed it. and Let us know what you thought. Marisha, do you have anything you'd like to share? Um, you can find me on Instagram. I take pictures of my really cute kids and occasionally of myself in all kinds of fun costumes at princesses and Padawans. And I'm also on princessandpadawans.com. That's pretty much where I am these days. Okay. Robbie, do you have anything? Don't forget to feed your fish. There we That's go. my catchphrase I'm working on. It's important. That's all I got. All right. <laughs> uh, you can find me at, uh, on the Science Fictionary's Twitter page at Sci underscore Fictionary and at thesciencefictionary.com. Just remember, keep those S-foils locked in attack position, and may the Force be with you.